Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I'm Steve Letarte, STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 plus Fuel System Cleaner plus Fuel Stabilizer delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. Greetings, welcome to a special edition, breaking news edition, of the NASCAR on NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. I'm here today with Dustin Long, my colleague, editor of NASCAR Talk at NBCSports.com slash NASCAR, which currently has a lot of content, Dustin, about a certain topic. I don't think we need to belabor the point that (laughs) the current uh, burning issue, the current hot button topic in NASCAR, obviously is what transpired after the race Sunday at Las Vegas. Kyle Busch stomping down to where Joey Logano's car was parked in the pits and pretty much throwing a I don't I don't know what you would call it, maybe a straight right cross. Uh I I'm not I'm not so much a pugilist, yeah, so I'm not not familiar with the boxing terminology. I don't mind the fight game some, but I don't have the lingo. <laughs> we should probably bone up on that a little bit and figure exactly what Kyle was trying to throw there. Um it, it appears that it was a glancing blow. Um, Joey Logano has been a little bit defiant about the fact that <laughs> uh, that he he took any contact. Um, he has he has defended his honor and said no, he wasn't hit at all. But what what happened afterward, obviously, is is what really got everybody talking because then it evolved into the typical pit crew scuffle, where you have members of Logano's crew and Kyle Busch's crew. And Logano was pulled out by his PR guy, but Kyle was in the middle of it. He gets a bloody forehead. So now, Dustin, as we sit here, uh, not even 24 hours later, uh, the question obviously turns to, well, many questions, which we're going to cover here. But the first one is, what should NASCAR do? And I'll just put it out there right now. I am on the record. I wrote this for NBCSports.com slash NASCAR this morning that I don't think they should suspend him in the slightest. I think that maybe you could make a, a, a case for fining him, but I don't even think they should do that. I think they should just let the entire thing go. Where, where do you stand? I, beforehand, I was all for suspending him uh, until Logano came out and said that he you know, claims that he wasn't hit, that there wasn't, much, you know, wasn't any contact. I know witnesses close by said that there, there was contact, and, and, and Logano has denied that. So I think it's tough to – to suspend somebody for not connecting or for a light connection. But what my issue with the whole thing and how I would have done it if there had been a significant contact is 
I would have suspended Kyle Busch for one race, and my argument would have been you walked to his pit stall, you immediately went up to him and essentially almost sucker punched the guy. And there was no conversation. I mean, it was just, you know, you watch the video, walks up, boom, there's a punch thrown. There's, there's nothing. And, and I would, what I would do if, in that, and if there had been more contact, the way I would have described it, the way I would have done it if I was NASCAR is I would explain, said, look, because, you know, this was almost like a premeditated act at that point because there's, there's no, I, Joey didn't have any, it didn't even look like he had any time to say anything. And just like I said, just, Kyle walked up there and smack and hit him. Or, or swung at him, and I would have said, "Look, because of that, uh, because of the you know forcing the issue like that, that you're going to sit for a race." Um, now, what I would tell the garage is that I'm fine with you walking to another guy's pit stall, to his garage stall, to have a conversation. And I understand that in the light of that conversation, if things get escalated, then as NASCAR, you have to react. But my biggest issue is that Kyle went up there. There was no conversation. There was no escalation. It was just go and boom and throw a punch. And I think that is where you would you would draw the line. Now, what I would also do, and and to be a total hypocrite about everything, <laughs> at least and, you're putting and, it out uh, there, is if I was NASCAR, <laughs> I would suspend him for a race because because that's the most important thing to these guys is 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 to race. I'd sit his butt down for a race. In, if, if he'd made more contact, again, if he'd made more contact. and But what I would have done, I would have given him a waiver so he still would have been eligible for the playoffs. Okay. I'm not going to – I would not have taken Kyle out of the running for the for right. a championship because of that because that's too extreme. Right. You can call that hypocritical. That certainly would remove some of the sting yeah. of the punishment. But I think it's just about – you know, it's just like if you look at another sport, when you bench somebody, what any athlete wants to play, they want to be a part of it. And you just sit them down okay. uh, for, for one race. Let's put this in context. Uh, Jimmy Spencer was suspended for a race yeah. in 2003 at Bristol yep. because he sucker-punched Kurt Busch after a race at Michigan. Just walked up to his car. We, there's no video of it, but we've heard the in-car audio. Yeah. And Spencer basically says, get out of that car, get out of that car. Yeah. <laughs> Bush does not get out of the car wisely, in my opinion. And then he gets slapped yeah. or struck by by Bush or by Spencer. And so that resulted in a one race suspension. I can't think of another instance though, Dustin, where a guy has been suspended for just throwing a punch. And I guess you know, my question, here's where I land on this, why I don't think yeah. it's it would be worthy of a suspension, even if Logano said, Yeah, man, he he tagged me. That guy should be sat. I, I like who benefits? Like like what how does how does that help anybody by sitting a guy for a race? I think I, I think it's I, I'm not looking at it who benefits because let's be honest if you're going to talk about who benefits you don't suspend any driver for anything because then it affects the team it affects the sponsor it affects the fans that go into that track that weekend it's a big mess so if, if you're talking about that then it's like you know there should never be a suspension unless it's something so heinous um, what I think you do is you I think you try to send a message and to get a a better understanding so the garage understands what's allowable now. I'll also say this: in this era of the you know improved enhanced or enhanced communication between NASCAR and the drivers and the drivers' council, this is maybe something that can be further discussed in the in the drivers' council and be done more behind the scenes instead of in, you know in a, in a public setting like this. But you know, 
look, if you want vigilante justice, then then if I'm NASCAR, I'm going to give you vigilante justice, and I'm going to you know I'm going to be the Wild West. If we want the Wild West, then I will be the sheriff and I will be the law. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to play that game, then that's how I would do it. Again, there are so many issues, and again, I'm I'm making this comment in a vacuum. I understand that, right? And it's and it's it's you know yes, it's not going to happen. Um, and there are too many reasons why, and I get that. I was just on Twitter, actually, having a, a back and forth with some people about about this very issue. Yeah. Uh, and like my take is, like, I don't want to condone violence. Yeah. That's that's the last thing I want to do. And I agree with you, Dustin, that like perhaps this was better handled uh, if Kyle Busch walks up and says why he's upset before he takes a swing. And you know, certainly NASCAR has allowed these guys dispensation to sort sort it out yeah. among themselves. That's That's been a thrust of, of their policies over the last seven years since the boys have added era. But I just, I cannot get past, like, the the hypocrisy of... <laughs> There's so much. <laughs> the most famous race in the history of NASCAR is the 1979 yeah. Daytona 500 because it ended with guys beating on each other's noses. Like, some of their most famous drivers, Cale Yarborough and Bobby and Donnie Allison, beating the hell out of each other on the backstretch. And... I, you know, the reason that race in part is so revered is because of that unbridled emotion. And so I have a problem with punishing somebody or trying to to keep it in check. I understand that you don't want broken jaws. Well, that's that's my that's that was that's that's my biggest concern with going up there and popping a guy is what if what if he connects? What what if what if he connects and he hits hits? Logano, or what if it's somebody else sees this and, and the next time decides to do it and they hit they hit a driver and just happen to connect in the eye, right? Or uh, and, and then that causes an, an eye injury that forces that driver to you know then then again at that point then then it literally becomes an eye for an eye and that if that driver has to miss a, a certain number of races then if I'm NASCAR you're sitting the same number of races, right? Um, but it's just you know what if they connect and, and, and there's a broken jaw, right? I mean again you can race with that. Uh, what if they can? What if they connect? And it starts a melee, and the and 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 the other guy's going to respond. And if he's not held back, what if somebody you know breaks a hand, you know, punching some? Or, I mean, look, you see it in hockey. I mean, right. guys have gotten right. hand injuries. So again, and again, that's again, these are all little things to consider. But I, I just, you know, I I understand your point with the seventy nine Daytona five hundred. When I think about that, I go back to it was nineteen seventy nine. That was such a long, long time ago. That I yes it's and, and there's a relevancy because it's always brought up in the media and I'll understand that point but I also make the point it was such a long time ago that um, I don't think that you should be allowing the past to dictate your future on something like that right that's it's a fair point I mean certainly things are you know news travels in a different way than it did mm-hmm. uh, 38 years ago but I would respectably you know offer the counterpoint no, don't that, be don't be respectful yeah well <laughs> we're civil in this conversation <laughs> unlike those that we sometimes cover which is by the way it's good I, I and I, that's part of the point I'm about to make well first I'll say and you're right you make a good point too about guys getting hurt and we've seen it in baseball brawls yeah pitchers players sustain injuries and keep them out for months because of silly little um, fisticuffs. Uh, Where I see it differently with NASCAR, though, is so much of what we've heard over the last 10 or 15 years about drivers and sponsors having so much control now and teams and drivers becoming so image conscious that it's restrained their ability to be themselves. So I feel like 
we as the media have done a lot to encourage drivers to be themselves because sure, that sure. is part and parcel to like what is the attraction of the fans. Of the stock fans want to see that. The fans yeah, want fans to. Put, yeah. That's why they rooted for these uh, guys like Richard Petty and the Allisons and Yarborough and, and those types of guys because they like that fiery emotion that they saw and they want to see it. So I have a hard time on one hand saying, hey, be yourself. If after the race you've got a problem with somebody, go handle it. But on the other hand, you know, here's how we're here. Here are all the ground rules we're going to set for how you're allowed to handle that. That's that's where I have trouble reconciling. Those I, two I mean, I I, th- I think you can set a ground rule. I think the simple. I think you. I I don't think you need to set too many ground rules. I think one ground rule is you go up and have a conversation, and if it escalates, that's one thing. You don't go up and just pop a guy. Mm-hmm. And I and I to me that to me that's a line drawn, and that's why, especially had. Uh, there been more of a connection. That's why I would have been more for a suspension of one race for Kyle in this instance. Um, be, and as I said earlier, is it because there wasn't as much of a connection, it's it, it it's harder to say that. And and I also say because you can find a driver, but look look at how much these guys make. Mm-hmm. Look how much they bring in. Okay, you find them fifty thousand dollars. Okay, that's a lot to a lot of people. And again, that's a little that's significant to those guys to somewhat, but it's it, we're talking about what is it less than one percent of what they right. make. Right. The only <laughs> I mean, way you're going to send look, a message. Look, if I can go, that. if I can go into the office, uh, if I can come into the office today and after this podcast, I can pop you, and I get find one per, you know, less than one percent of my salary. Yes, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm not. I also would argue that's not quite analogous no, to the situation. No, I understand. I'm, I'm I mean, like, point conceded. Point conceded. Like, fines don't work with these guys. You're right. The, I, only, the, the only way you're going to get them to listen is by sitting them. But I just feel like that sends too strong. That's that's over the top. Like, there's no middle ground there. You, that, that sends too much of a message. Like, you're, the, the mixed message there of, hey, don't do this or we're going to sit you out. We're going to yeah. sit you out for being yourself and, like, acting on how you feel. I, I short of like really hurting a guy, I just yeah. think that goes too far. Well, like I said, I just like I said, I think you can still show the emotion. You know, if I'm if we're drivers after a race and I'm I'm ticked at you, then I should be able to go up to you on pit road or in the garage and scream at you or t- give you my side and, and yell at you, and and then it's up to both of us to kind of keep ourselves calm. And then if we if it escalates, then that's to me that's something different because to me. There isn't that premeditation. I'm going up there to yell at you. Right. Or I'm going up there to tell you what I think, and then you're going to tell me how wrong I am, and then I'm going to say something about your mother, and you're going to pop me. I mean, you know, right, that's, that's right, right. again, and then again, that's, but I, like I said, I just, I don't like this idea of just walking up to somebody and just, and just, and, and attempting to strike them. So to me, I think there can be a line drawn there. I think you can be careful about not setting too many limitations and still let the let let the competitors show that emotion. I think it's great to have emotion. I think it's a wonderful thing, and I think this the sport should do more of it. But I think there there has to be a line at some point about you know where what's allowed and what isn't and i think you you know nascar has the opportunity to set that again i understand they don't want to with you know on a lot of things like that because they want that gray area to give them room to work in and also to leave the competitors a little bit wondering what's what's allowable and what's not so you hope that they don't push it uh you know it's uh but again you have to have you have to have rules uh, and you have to have some sort of guidance at some point, and at some point NASCAR has to step in. I've been remiss in letting uh, this podcast run this long without telling people that 
tonight is the 500th episode of NASCAR America. And obviously, this is going to be a topic of discussion both on tonight's episode <laughs> on NBCSN. Starts at uh, 5.30 p.m. tonight. 5.30 p.m. 5.30 p.m. tonight, 500th episode. Uh, you should watch Dale Jarrett, Kyle Petty, Jeff Burton all uh, offering their viewpoints on this. And uh, also probably on Tuesday's episode, Wednesday's episode. You should watch NASCAR America every day regardless. But the point, I, the reason I want to bring that up, Dustin, is we, we heard DJ say something earlier uh, this morning uh, when we were doing some show prep that I think is something that we can be in agreement on. Uh, Dale Jarrett said that he was happy that at least they're not settling this with their cars. Yeah. And I, I yeah. agree with that, right? I mean, that, that that's a point well made, right? Better to settle it off the racetrack than on it. It is, but I guess all in this case is there wasn't enough time to. I mean, yeah. it's the last lap, and then Kyle gets spun out, goes to, goes down pit road, crosses the start-finish line on pit road, doesn't go back out on track. So it doesn't have the opportunity. Like, uh, what was it, the uh, the incident between Keselowski and Kenseth that involved Stewart in 2000, was it 13, at, uh, at Charlotte in the fall 2014, race? 14. 14, yeah. 2004, that's right, yeah, 14, where, you know, it was the incident between Kenseth and Keselowski during the race, and then on the cool-down lap, there's contact, and then, Stewart's upset and hits on pit road. So, yeah, I, I agree with Dale that, that he's right. At least it, it wasn't with their cars. Um, but, you know, Kyle didn't have that opportunity to, to, to do that. And, and who knows? Maybe yeah. if, if he had had the opportunity and hits him in the door or something or, or spins him out, um, you know, maybe nothing like this happens um, on pit road. And, and the matter is kind of the issue. The, the, the message has been sent that way. Yeah. Um, and and again, you know, look, there's still plenty of time to use your car. I mean, what Bristol's coming up, Martinsville's coming up, Phoenix is this week. Well, Kyle uh, Busch certainly gave the impression that that yeah. is coming now. Um, and I think you're right. I think it's it's an interesting point that if he would have had time during this race, if it hadn't happened on the last lap, obviously you could say it happened because it was the last lap. Yeah. And maybe Logano gives more dispensation if if it's not uh, going for a top five on the final turn, but. Uh, I think if it does happen early in the race and Kyle gets a chance to retaliate, then I think you're right. I think that maybe it gets put to bed. Um, one other thing, or a couple other things I want to hit on. One, uh, the role of crew members. Uh, Dave Moody of Motor Racing Network had an interesting post up this morning about that NASCAR should perhaps consider approaching this similar to the NHL. Mm-hmm. And, you know, two drivers are allowed to work out their differences, but third man in is in big trouble, meaning, I guess, in yeah. this case, pit crew members. Um I, I think, like, I do have a little bit of a problem that it does seem like these things devolve into, and maybe it's inevitable because you're dealing with these huge, physically imposing men. Well, and they're all in, in a small area. In, after, in a very confined area. area. So, yeah. yeah, naturally they're going to run into each other. People are going to fall down. People are going to get hurt. I, 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 I think that maybe NASCAR does need to look at some way to do that. I don't know if it's necessarily like a third man in rule, but, but how do you do it with when there's not as many officials on pit road as there used to that be? That was the other part I was going to ask you is about. It, Why don't it, you explain it, the issue there? Well, that's, you know, NASCAR certainly has reduced the number of officials on pit road um, because, uh, you know, they've gone to the, uh, the, uh, the video uh, officiating of, of all the pit stops. So it's to get, you know, to get the pit guys off of going over the wall, which is a great thing for NASCAR. But they also, what they've done is they've reduced the number of people. Now, um, again, you have a confined area, so that helps. But, again, when something happens, it it can take a while to react. And also, you know, sometimes it's, you know, I think if I, if I go back and watch the video, I think NAS, the NASCAR official who was there was a little bit 
slow to react. And I think part of it is you have to decide when to step in and when not to. It's just like a hockey fight. You know, the, uh, the referees typically are not going to step in immediately and they're kind of going to let things go. Now, the problem is in hot, the one thing in hockey is that everybody knows to stay away. I, a perfect example was, uh, I'm a Calgary Flames fan. Was Saturday night they were playing the Winnipeg Jets, and I saw the highlight. There was a fight between Calgary player and a Winnipeg guy, and 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 they just started swinging. I mean, this was a hockey brawl. This wasn't you know hugging and 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 throwing a couple shots. This was a brawl. But what was interesting watching, and when I watched the highlight a couple different times, is referee as guys were starting to creep in the referee like i think he blew his whistle or signal keep away keep away Mm -hmm. and 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 just let those guys duke it out um i don't think you can do that on pit road with a nascar official because as as we've said there's too many people in there it's too confined and you know if these guys start swinging somebody else is going to get collected and then it's just going to become so I, I don't know. Maybe it's something NASCAR has to look at. Maybe you have to have have to have your officials be more aggressive in stepping in. Then when you do that, you're also putting them in harm's way. Not all these, you know. There, I, you know, you look back at the video. I think there was still an official or two in that area that had a helmet on. Right. But after the race, well, those guys aren't going to have their helmets on. So if they step in, all of a sudden they get clocked. You know, are you making the situation worse? I mean, it's it's. Into, bottom line, it's not a good situation at all, and it, and it puts NASCAR and its officials in a very tough spot. And obviously, it was a uh, it was a NASCAR official or security official that was the one who who reached down and and uh, was I think I heard the description deadlifted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kyle uh, uh, up, and and again, I also go back to one thing that that Steve O'Donnell said on on Sirius uh, on the morning drive earlier this morning was you know he made the comment that the crew guys. Kind of stood back, let these guys, you know, let Kyle come in, and and then once something happened, they stepped in to protect their driver as they are taught to do. And you know, he kind of made the comment, didn't have as much of a problem with that, understanding right. that that's what. Right. So yeah, I thought he I thought he delineated that very well. Yeah, and I hadn't really heard it in those terms. Yeah, listen. I thought he he put it really well, which is that stay out of it, but if somebody comes into your pit box and attacks your driver, then you have free reign to pretty much do whatever you want. Maybe not. Drop a guy to the ground be, and start kicking him, uh, which some people see in that video. I don't see it, but um, and it'll be interesting to see if NASCAR. You know, he he kind of hinted at doesn't sound like there's going to be any type of penalty for mm-hmm. either of these guys. It'll be interesting to see if they let it go with the crew members, right? And yeah, I have to go back and watch to see for the kicking and stuff. But I look at it as these guys defending, yeah, you know, I, Joey, and in that sense. It, it, to me, it's different because uh, I think back to the Keselowski-Gordon one at Texas, and I'm trying to remember offhand, but correct me if I'm wrong, but they were talking, yes. and then you know it didn't help that Harvick pushed right. Kez into it, and that and everybody's confined, and all of a sudden that got crew guys. I, feel, you know, I think the, the crew members in that situation kind of more much more culpable. Yeah, 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 they definitely instigated it more. It was, yeah. it was Keselowski and Gordon talking. You weren't really sure what's going to happen. It, neither Keselowski or Gordon swung, I don't think, before the crew members got involved. I mean, maybe Gordon lunged at him a little, yeah. but it wasn't the right cross or whatever yeah. it was thrown by Kyle Busch, and then obviously the, the crew members for Logano are allowed to react. At that point, um, you mentioned NHL officials. I should say that two things. Well, one, I, we need to give Jeff Gluck of JeffGluck.com yes. some credit, my former colleague at USA Day Sports, for getting the video that, of course, has been the talk of the town and 
gave us a bird's eye view of this entire situation. One of my favorite parts of that video is you do hear a whistle. <laughs> like toward the end, you hear officials blowing whistles as if this is like some sort of hockey game. And it's like, all right, all right, break it up. All right, somebody's going to the box for five-minute major. Um, Can you imagine if this would have been at Indianapolis with all the yellow know, shirts right? and their whistles? <laughs> oh, man. I can't imagine. And my other favorite part is you mentioned Sirius XM NASCAR has already jumped on yeah. Jim Noble yes. yelling, fight, 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 trying to alert the Performance Racing Network producers, which I found tremendously amusing, much to Jim's chagrin. All right, well, we'll end here. One more thing I want to hit with you, Dustin, is um, Logano. Um, y- you made this point uh, this morning when we were preparing for the call. This is obviously not the first time Joey Logano has been in an incident. And uh, one of our producers on the show, show uh, Sean Owens for uh, NASCAR America and NASCAR NBC, shared a list yeah. of the number of times Logano has been in incidents since joining Team Penske at the start of the 2013 season. There was Denny Hamlin at Bristol and Fontana. There was Kevin Harvick in the 2015 um, Sprint Unlimited at Daytona. Obviously, the infamous dust-up with Kenseth. Matt Kenseth in 2015 that, that went over a span of three races from Kansas to Talladega to Martinsville. Yep. And then there are some other ones that I'd forgotten. I mean, yeah. I forgot Truex at Fontana last year or Newman at Pocono last year or Kurt Busch at Daytona last year. You mentioned Harvick being upset with Logano at Talladega in 2014, and he brought it up at the, the championship news conference in Miami. So um, what do you – I mean, my take – I'll just give you my take and let you react. I mean, I, I just think Joey Logano is, is a man who is – very confident in his ability and doesn't you know came into this sport i think in a really tough way yeah spent four years getting beat up by people and joined a team that believes in him fully and has shown that that confidence and faith has been rewarded in the way he's made the final round two years he's won i don't know over 15 races since joining penske this is a guy who just doesn't doesn't take anything from anybody and I, I think I can respect that. Do you think there's anything more there to how many instances Logano has been involved? Well, I wonder, and I think it was, uh, and I think I did ask Kyle about this, uh, Petty, on, on our call this morning, but um, was it Joey's 26 still, right? If I'm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 26. So even though he's been in the sport now forever, <laughs> it seems like, mm-hmm. he's still the kid. Because right. Kyle is 31 I think, if I remember right, so I mean, so there's there's a five year difference. I mean, like you know, if I'm if I'm five years older than somebody else, I might look down on them a little bit, yeah. or like that's kind of the young generation, and I'm the wise veteran. It truly is like dog years. Like Kyle yeah, Busch yes. came in in '05, and Logano was '09, and that four year span yeah. could be a generation. And and but yeah. as as we look at how, I think I think that's interesting is is how old the sport is. You know, Matt Kens has just had a uh, uh, what a birthday where he's now forty five. You know, Jimmy Johnson's forty two. Dale's over forty. Harvick's uh, hit over forty. Um, I mean, you're talking with some of these guys. That's a you know ten fifteen year difference in age between Logano and some of these guys, and some of these guys that he's had issues with with Harvick in particular. Right. And, and Kenseth. I mean, you know, Kenseth. That's almost a twenty year difference. You know, I I almost think that that for all that Logano has done, that he's kind of still viewed as the kid or maybe the punk kid. And when you have somebody like that, or you, you at least in your mind, you feel that person is that way, you're going to have less tolerance for them, less patience, and you're... you're less go- respect. Yeah, less respect, yeah. and you're going to 
when something happens, you're going to be more willing to put them in their place to teach them a freaking lesson. Right. And and I I think that even for all that Joey Logano has accomplished, he's still young. He's 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 viewed as kind of that new generation. He's a little bit of the older, but I mean, I think people still kind of tie him in a little bit with like the Kyle Larsons, the Chase Elliotts, uh, and Ryan Blaney's. And he's that new wave. And how many times have we seen it? We've seen it. You, you know, you know, it, it's that cycle. Is the the old guard is resistant of the new guard, and they're going to make it tough on them. And the new guard just has to keep fighting and fighting and fighting, and they're going to get shoved and pushed and knocked down. And it's just is that is that new driver? Are they going to stand up and stand their ground, or are they going to fall away and and you know no no longer be a factor? And Joey. Um, you know, I know some people say, well, his dad's fought his fights, his crew guys has fought his fights, but Joey's standing up in the sense of he's not racing any differently because he's still pushing the limits, he's still racing as hard as he can, and it's ticking off, guys, and um, uh, he, he's doing the same thing he's done over the last few years. And yeah. so I think part of the generational gap, and that Joey's not, he's not standing down to these guys on the track, I think that just adds fuel to the fire. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me kind of to point out a little bit more of how this this works. I mean, Brad Kozlowski is actually older than Kyle Busch, but yet he came into the series, into the Cup Series, around the same time as Logano, five or so years after after Busch had come in. And I think he he and Logano have a similar worldview, and they are perfect teammates in that regard. And I agree with you, Dustin. against the world. Yeah, well, I think it is generational. I think it's you do have, like, two millennial drivers who are shaking up the establishment because let's not, you know, overlook the fact they're both really, really good. I mean, Kozlowski's a champion. Uh, Logano has made the final round, as we mentioned twice. Both have... You know, a, a few dozen victories between them. I mean, they've proven they can win, but also that I I think that they have this sense of belief in each other and, and in the way they do things. And when I interviewed Logano for a story I did on him and his crew chief Todd Gordon for Daytona, he said something that stuck with me, which was that in order to be better, you have to be you have to do things differently. Yeah. That, that Kozlowski preaches that all the time. Yep. Penske, yep. Logano said, and I think that that's. That's their mantra. That's the mantra for those two guys. Well, and I think what's interesting, I'm, as you're talking, I'm thinking back. I remember when, and you probably do too, when when Harvick came in in 01, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and um, yeah, he got a pass from a lot of drivers in speaking up publicly against him that year because of the situation coming in after Earnhardt's death. There were a ton of drivers that were mad as hell at, mm-hmm. at, at Harvick and weren't, you know, I remember I remember being in a hall or having a conversation with a driver and just telling me about how much he was going to put Harvick in his place one of these days and that you know he couldn't do it immediately but was going to make sure that the message got across and it was uh uh we had a long conversation about that one day and and he was very upset with with Harvick and 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 there were others that were uh upset with Harvick as well and that uh um you know, Harvick went through this early in his career. I, and I think when you are good and have success and you're going to rock the establishment, I think that's the I think that's the response from the establishment. They don't want to be knocked off their perch. So now there's a struggle for the perch. 
and that leads to conflict, and that leads to some of the things that we see on the on the track or off the track that makes the sport so much uh, that, that people are wanting to talk about it like it in this case. It's certainly going to be the talk yes. of NASCAR for the next few days, so make sure you follow NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. We'll have all the updates. We're expecting penalty news possibly Tuesday or Wednesday if it comes down again. 500th episode of NASCAR America on NBCSN tonight with Kyle Petty, Dale Jarrett, Jeff Burton. You definitely want to watch that and hear all of their uh, opinions and viewpoints on this, both uh, tonight and in nights to come the the rest of the week. Um, I'm going to go ask Dustin who this driver was that he talked to about Harvick. Uh, Unfortunately, (laughs) you're not going to get to hear that, but um, stay tuned. There will be another edition of the podcast coming Wednesday. Uh, we'll have uh, a Camry episode, a Toyota-themed episode that I think you're going to like. It's a little different than what we've done. Um, thanks again for Dustin to joining me. Uh, again, thanks again for listening to the – oh, and should thanks uh, Tess Quinlan for producing um, and with a, with, a thanks, major, Tess. with a major snowstorm bearing down on, on the Stanford, Connecticut area. Uh, she has agreed uh, so graciously to, to, to put this up today. So appreciate her, as always, producing the podcast. And uh, – I should. I would be remiss if I didn't say go to iTunes, rate us, review us. That really helps us out. Um, I think you know where to find us if you're listening, but Audio Boom, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find the NASCAR NBC podcast. And we certainly do appreciate you listening. Until next time. I'm Steve Letart, STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner Plus Fuel Stabilizer delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.